So this morning we are going to go back into the series uh, that we were on a few weeks ago, and it's called Making Room for Life. And the idea is, and you saw the, uh, the video, I always get scared when I lift this up because it's, it's pretty heavy. And um, you can see here from this jar that we have a jar full of rocks, and it's made up of two types of rocks. There's, there's the smaller rocks at the bottom, and then these larger rocks. And because the smaller rocks went in first, these larger rocks, they're not fitting. And this really kind of sums up a little bit of an analogy of, of what our lives are like. You see, we get so busy in our lives and those small rocks in the jar, they represent um, just the, the day-in, day-out kind of stuff that we get involved in. So that might be, you know, taking the kids to and from school, shoveling the driveway. Um, it could be, you know, doing the chores, doing just housework, things around the house, going to work, coming back from work. It's just those kind of day-in, day-out jobs. Those are the small rocks in our lives. But these large rocks, these represent things that we choose to make priorities in our lives. So the large rocks, they could be our family, uh, they could be time with friends, they could be, we've we've talked about spending time with God. So these large rocks, the the problem we run into in our lives because we're so busy is that we tend to put all the busy things in first. And it's not that we're bad people, we have good priorities, but we just, because we don't put those large rocks in first, we find we get to the end of the week and they just don't fit. So as the video showed earlier, actually, if I was to empty this jar right now and put the large rocks in first, I could then pour in all the small rocks and they would still fit. And the moral of that story is that, you know, if we make these priorities right, if we put those large rocks in first, we'll still find room to get all the small rocks in there. And just the same way in our lives, if we make it a priority, if we say, you know, this week I'm going to intentionally set aside some time with my family. I'm intentionally going to set aside some time to get together with some friends and just just connect, just talk and and hang out together. I'm going to intentionally set aside some time this week to spend with God. Maybe I'm going to spend some time reading the Bible or praying. But when we make it a priority, then we'll find that we'll still get all those other things done. But it's just that idea of making room for life. So we're talking about making room um, in our lives for these big rocks. And we're learning from somebody in the Bible who really was the best that there ever was at making room. You see, he always found a way to put the big rocks in first. And that person, of course, is Jesus. Because you see, you've got to remember that it was Jesus himself who said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. It has always been Jesus' intention that we have a full and enriched life. He wants our jars to be full, but at the same time, he doesn't want them to be so full that they're overflowing and these things fall to the wayside. So Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. And he was a great example of somebody who lived a life of putting the large rocks in first and getting his priorities straight. So this morning, we're going to look at a new rock. We're going to look at a brand new rock, a brand new priority for our lives. And the thing that we're going to be focusing on today It's something that I believe that every single one of us really wishes we had more room for. We're going to be talking about using and utilizing our God-given gifts and abilities and our resources to, to not only just make a difference in the world, but to actually make a different world. You see, I think all of us have a capacity to change the world in which we live. And this morning, under that kind of umbrella, I want to talk about the large rock of mission. I want to talk about this morning, making room for mission. 
What is your mission in life? What is it that you feel called to do to make a difference in the world in which you live? And not only ask that question of what is your mission, but have I sat down and said, you know, I want to intentionally make room this week to fulfill that mission. Make room this week to, to, to do something about the mission that I feel God's given me in my life. You see, I know that looking around here, I know many of you here this morning, and I know a lot of you work in great fulfilling jobs. You know, for the most part, most of us here this morning, we're not just pen pushers or rubber stampers. We're making a difference. Every Sunday I look out and I see people that are educators, that work with our children and our teenagers, and you are helping to form and fashion their minds, and that is fantastic. I look out at people in the medical field who literally every day are going to work and helping literally save people's lives. I know people here at Connect who are building homes. I know people here at Connect that are selling homes. I know people that are providing finance for homes. I even know people that put out fires in those homes. And you're all members here of Connect Church. And I know that for all of you, you don't see that necessarily just as a career, just a nine to five, just a a paycheck at the end of the week. For some of you, this is really fulfilling. It's a great career that I've chosen because I'm making a difference in people's lives. But wherever you work, whether you feel like you're in the most um, mundane job possible or the most exciting job possible, at the end of the week, you're still collecting a paycheck and you're still working a job. And I feel that for some of us, there's a, there's a part inside that says, you know, although I love what I do, I want to do something outside of that that makes a difference. I want to do something that really, um, that really counts in the world in which I live. Not because I'm paid to, but because I want to. I don't want it to be like a career thing. I want to go over and above and I want to make a difference. I want this to be something that will be like my mission in this world. And I'll tell you this morning, if you're here and you're a Christ follower, I don't even think this is optional for us. I think this is something we should be praying about and saying, God, what would you have me do as far as mission in the world in which I live? Because the truth is, it's not just going to happen. However much we just wish we were that kind of person, the only way that's really going to happen in our lives is if we take it and say, you know what? I think I'm going to make room in my life for the large rock of mission, for purpose, for for what God has created me to do in the world in which I live. I'm going to discover that, and then I'm going to say, God, I'm going to make room in my life to fulfill that. So to set this up, we've done this the last few weeks. We've, We've looked at different stories in the life of Jesus. We've looked at how he handled these particular large rocks, these priorities, and then um, we'll look at this story from Jesus, and then we'll, we'll come back to ourselves today, and we'll say, okay, that's a great story, but how does that help us live out our lives today? So this particular story is told by uh, a writer by the name of Luke, and Luke is one of the four writers who gives us the account of Jesus' life, and Luke tells us in uh, the 14th chapter of his book uh, the following. He says that large crowds were traveling with Jesus. So really what Luke is saying here, and if you've um, been reading through these books, as some of, some of us have since the beginning of the year, we've been working our way together through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and reading the stories of Jesus' life, we'll see that as you start to work your way through these books, the popularity of Jesus is increasing. Word is getting out that there is this guy and he's performing miracles and he's teaching like no one's ever heard um, being taught before. And he's amazing. And the crowds are coming because they want to hear this man, Jesus. If, if social media were back then, I mean, he would be, he would be viral. 
there'll be Facebook posts and, and, and Twitter um, feeds. <laughs> I sound so cool. I've got teenagers smiling at me now, right now going, stop there. <laughs> it's not working. You really don't understand what you're talking about, do you? Instagram pictures. The one of him walking on the water. Man, that would have got loads of likes. So he is just the popularity. The word is out that this Jesus, he is making a difference. And when we go to Luke chapter 14, I think we find Jesus kind of looking out at this ever-growing crowd and realizing, you know, I'm not sure if this is a great thing. I'm not sure if numerically that's the goal I want to accomplish here. So every now and again, Jesus, who we, we all think we understand completely, starts to say something that we're like, whoa, where did that come from? Jesus, I really thought I had a handle on what you believed and what you were teaching. Then you say something like this? So listen to what he says to that large crowd gathered there that day. He says, um, and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me, now get this, and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and you're not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? Because if he's not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have, you cannot be my disciples. And you imagine the crowds of people. They've all come from all over the place to hear this Jesus. Word has got out and everyone is coming to hear from one of the most popular people in the time. They had to be sitting there Maybe like you are right now thinking, really? Jesus? The one who who I'd heard talk so much about how he wants us to love everybody is saying that we should hate people? And what's seemingly worse here is that he's, it's it's who he's telling us. He's saying we should hate our our fathers and our mothers and our spouses and our children and our brothers and our sisters and, and ourselves. I thought I'd heard it said that Jesus said we're supposed to love others as we love ourselves. So let's take a moment here this morning and just unpack these verses here because I want to make sure that you really understand what he is saying in this kind of seemingly out of character um, set of phrases. So for starters, let's, let's make sure that we understand here what he's not saying. He's not saying that anybody should actually hate anyone. You see, Jesus is using, and we touched on this just a few weeks ago if you were here, Jesus is using a particular teaching method that was common to his day where a a teacher would say what he had to say in in, in as amplified and as shocking way as possible to get people's attention and to make his point. Uh, There's another example of it. Another time he was talking to a crowd of people and Matthew tells this story. And Matthew said um, that Jesus said, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Jesus obviously didn't want anybody to blind themselves. But what he was saying here is he's saying, hey, listen, this, this sin I'm talking about, these, these things that we do wrong, don't take it lightly. Don't think, ah, oh, yeah, I'm good. 
he was trying to emphasize just how dangerous and how deadly a thing sin could be. In fact, so much so that he said, hey, listen, if you're looking at stuff and it's causing you to do things that you know you shouldn't do, you should just get rid of your eyes. Now, obviously, he didn't want them to. But he's saying, listen, that's how serious this can be and that's how harmful this stuff can be in your life. So when Jesus is talking about hating the most important people in our lives, basically what he's saying is like, hey, being on mission for me is a really big rock. It's not a value system. It's not a set of principles or beliefs. It's it's so much more than that. Being a disciple, a follower of Christ, it it has a cost. And I think he looked out at those hundreds of people and and, and had a compassion for them. He said, listen, I love that you're following me. I love that you're all along here, but let me completely understand here. Let me break down to you here today who you're following, what it is that you're really following. You need to fully understand and not just follow because the crowds are following. He says, whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. He's, he's saying here, listen, it's not that you've got to literally pick up a cross, but he's saying, hey, being on mission with me, it's, it's going to call us to make some sacrifices at times. Maybe some difficult sacrifices that otherwise we wouldn't normally make. He actually goes on to reiterate this point. He really wants to make sure that day that this crowd, when they leave, there is no shadow of doubt in their minds as to what he's speaking about. He says, listen, let me put it another way. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Surely you'd first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it. You see, in those days, a a man's reputation was very important. It, It is so today. But in those days, your reputation could be ruined if you went to work to build a tower or a house or some kind of building and halfway through, you ran out of funds. It would be a visual reminder to everyone that knows you that you didn't plan well, that you failed in your planning. And everyone would know about it. So Jesus is saying, hey, listen, in the same way that you'd never do that building a tower, listen carefully. I love that you're following me, but but listen what it means to be on mission with me. Listen to what it means to to follow me. In the same way... Using the the tower illustration, but kind of in another way, he says, how about if you were a king and you were going to war against another king? He's comparing that to say, listen, um, I want to make sure that this king has enough troops to win so he doesn't lose a battle or a war or maybe even his own life. There would be a, a, a deadly cost if that king didn't plan accordingly. And just in case all these strong words and this big time high stakes analogies, they haven't made the point, he just rounds it all off by saying this, those of you who do not give up everything you have, you cannot be my disciples. And he's not talking about ourselves making ourselves penniless or or possessionless, but he's saying, listen, don't follow me if you're not willing to go to that extreme if you end up needing to. So I love this about Jesus. You know, at times he is the most compelling person to want to follow. He's he's talking about loving your neighbor, and no one had talked like that in in his day before. He's talking about being kind, and and people are saying, I want to follow someone who believes that. But then also, hey, hey, listen, it's not all just nice. There's there's a cost to it as well. At times, it it could cost you. So he's really kind of keeping that balance in check, saying, listen, I want you to follow me, but I want you to realize what's at stake if you do follow me. So why this, this hard sell in this particular moment? I think what's so hard about being a Christ follower is that it would call for anything, even remotely renouncing your love for a father. Why why would you say that, Jesus? It's because Jesus didn't come into the world just so we could be forgiven and go to heaven, although that is why he came. He came that he would die on a cross, that we would be able to, to be forgiven, that we could have that relationship with God. But that's not the only reason. 
I really feel that Jesus came to set things right. To reach people who are far from God. To restore relationships and make things the way they were meant to be. So he's using right now in this particular story, he's using the most extreme in our face language possible to say in effect, hey, this is why I came and I'm calling you now to join with me to change the world in which you live. I, I love that you're following me and I love that you like what I'm saying. But ultimately, what I'd really like is if you join me on my mission in changing the world in which we live, in making this world the way God created it to be. And he's saying there's a cost. So understand that. Being on mission with me and for me is going to call on you to, to bring to bear all that you have and all that you are. And I know this morning as we hear this, it's, it's easy to think, well, Jesus, that's setting the bar pretty high, but I don't think he's setting it that high. I think he's just setting it real. He's saying, hey, listen, to make a difference, to make the difference that we want to make, to feel like we have a mission and a purpose in our life, to do something significant, to, to make the world different, the reality is it can't be done on the cheap. It, it's got to be a big rock. We can't just sit and say, you know, I'd love to make a difference. We've got to say, no, I've, I want to make that, I want to make room in life for mission. I want that to be a large rock in my life. So, Let's, let's bring it to today. Let's try and um, figure out how this works in our lives. So a good way of kind of helping to explain this, how this translates into our lives today, um, is to, to share with you um, a teaching of a, a familiar um, philosopher by the name of Soren Kierkegaard. I'm sure you've all heard of Soren Kierkegaard, right? He's that Danish philosopher and he's the father of modern existentialism. You're like, ah, that's Soren Kierkegaard. I was thinking of the other one, but no, no, I know which one you mean now. So uh, we all know Soren. Well, anyway, I, I studied a little bit on him just to make sure I, uh, I understood all this. But I'd heard this analogy, and it's a great analogy for what I want to illustrate here this morning. Because you see, not only was he a philosopher, and not only was he a thinker, and he lived um, a couple of hundred years ago, and there was a lot of philosophers around that time that would debate with one another about the meaning of life and all this kind of thing. But Kierkegaard, he was unique in that he was also a Christ follower. He was a theologian and he studied the Bible and he took these deep thoughts he had and he applied them to his own Christian faith. So he had these stories that he would tell and these parables that he would tell to illustrate the deep truths that he was trying to, trying to communicate to the people of his time. And one of them, a very famous parable that he's known for, was on this very idea of, of us as Christ followers being on mission. And he explains it like this about what it means to be on mission for Jesus. This is the story he tells. He says, one day... The fire department was dispatched to a house fire. When they got to the scene, they found a large crowd of neighbors surrounding the house and filling the street. The crowd stood at the ready to help put out the fire. They all had squirt guns. Everyone had one each. The fire's blazing and they've got their squirt guns. The fire is consuming the house and every now and again, one of them would step up and they'd be like, squirt, 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 squirt. And they'd step back. Then another neighbor, squirt, 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 squirt. That's good, you like that? Squirt, squirt. I should have bought a real squirt gun. That would kind of liven things up a bit here. So the fire chief, he, he sees what's going on and he says, get out of the way, move aside, let the fire engine through. We're here to put out the fire, but the, the people, they just stood there, all taking it in turns to squirt, squirt. And the fire chief, he yells even louder, you're not doing any good. But the people just smiled at one another and they squirted their guns a little bit more. 
Like now the fire chief is furious. He's like, get out of the way. You're, you're doing more harm than good. Let us through so we can really do something about that fire. And at that point, the crowd, they looked at the chief and said, we're doing the best we can. We mean well. Besides, it feels really good for us to know that we tried. And the idea is given is that sometimes we, to, to make ourselves feel better about trying, we, we do a little squirt, squirt here and a little squirt, squirt there, and just to kind of appease ourselves and say, well, I'm trying. I'm, whereas actually there are fire trucks with big hoses that can really make a difference, and sometimes we stand in the way. See, I believe that when being on mission is just a small rock, like the smaller ones there, that we try to fit in around the edges, it's more like trying to put out a three-alarm fire with a squirt gun. People are starving, children are dying of malnutrition, and, and we feel bad about that, so we get out of checkbooks and maybe just a little squirt, 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 squirt here and there. Maybe our neighbors and co-workers or our classmates, they're lonely and they're hurting and they're needing someone who really cares and who will drop everything and do anything to help them. And we look at our packed schedules and we think, well, I might be able to squirt, 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 just a little bit there. People we know and love who may be far from God, they need someone to love on them, to invite them, to include them in this life of following Jesus that we've discovered. And yet, um, so much of what we do is just sometimes a little more than just squirt, 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 squirt. And it's not because we don't care or because we're bad up, messed pe- we're bad up, bad messed up people. It's because we just haven't taken this, this idea of mission and made it a large rock in our lives. And that's what I want to challenge us to do this morning. Take this, this mission and say, God, I want this to be a large rock. I want this to be a fire hose in my life, not just a squirt gun. So how do we do that today in the world in which we live? If that really is true, if as I'm speaking this morning, some of you are feeling like, you know what, Dave, I... I I kind of get what you're saying, and, and it's resonating with something inside of me. I'd, I'd like to do that. I love my job. I love what I do. I love being a parent. I love raising my kids, and, you know, I love the activities I'm involved in. But there's a part of me that wants to make a difference. I don't want to just squirt, squirt. I want to know that something I'm doing outside of my career, outside of my family, is really making a difference in someone else's life. How do I do that? How do I do more than just squirt, squirt here and there? Well, That's kind of what I want to challenge us on this morning. And the first thing we could do is we could start looking around our lives, just finding something that we're really passionate about. Looking for an area in our lives that already we have a passion for. And an area that we would like to to serve in. Something that really kind of means something to us. And then decide my plan and say, how am I going to tackle that this year? How can I make a difference in that area this year in my life? Now, let me just say something here, because we're a newer church, so I feel like every now and again we've got to kind of jump in, because we haven't got years of history as a church to to fall back on. So, um, we're in quite an interesting time sometimes as churches and and as members of churches, Christ followers, in that very often pendulums can swing in teaching from one way to another. One church will get right kind of to one extreme, and then another church will get right to one other extreme. And, and I want to share this at this point, because I think it's important as we're talking about the idea of mission and what we can do in our lives in, in the forms of service. So there's been a lot of times, especially in church history, where um, the pressure has come upon Christ followers. Hey, if you want God to love you. If you want to earn your way into God's good books, you'd better do this and do this and do this. And, and, and there's been this pressure to do lots of things. And, and over the years, that's happened, you know, back in the Middle Ages in Europe and even to the modern day, you know, some sort of pressure from some churches that you've got to help, you've got to do all this kind of thing. You know, back in the Middle Ages, a man by the name of Luther, he, uh, he tackled the church back then head on and he said, listen, 
There is a verse in the New Testament, and, and back then a lot of people didn't read the Bible. They just listened to what the priests told them. So, so the priest probably didn't tell them this verse much. But this verse is in Ephesians. It says, for it's by grace that you've been saved through faith, not by works so that no man can boast. And Luther said, listen, it's grace. We don't have to work our way into God's book. We don't have to do lots of good things to make God happy with us. This verse here says that there's nothing we can do to make God happy with us. The only thing is the grace. He loves us anyway. We'll never do um, enough to make him love us more. And we'll never do enough wrong things to make him love us less. He just loves us. He loves us that much. And that changed the philosophy of the church back then. And they realized, you know, I don't have to work hard here because God just loves me for who I am. But what happened was then some other churches got a hold of that and, and people stopped doing things. because They're like, well, God just loves me. But God still wants us to serve him. He still wants us to be on mission. So I feel here as the pastor of Connect Church that we live in, in that balance where we don't have to work for God to earn his favor and to earn his love. But you know what? Because he loves me so much, I want to just show him my love back by serving him in whatever way I can. I believe that God has blessed me with some gifts. And I want to say, God, I could use those gifts in many different ways, but I want to use them to build your kingdom. I want to use them to make a difference in this world. Your plan was to to make this world a better place. And God, I want to get alongside you and help you in the goal of that plan with the gifts that you've given me. So that was just a little side note there. And maybe that'll help some of you here this morning who kind of battle that idea of, well, do I have to work or do I not have to? So... So with that in mind, where are some of the areas that we can serve? Where are some of the areas that we can, um, as, as, as Christ followers here this morning, or maybe you're not, maybe you've not made a decision to follow Jesus, you can still be on mission. You can still make a difference in the world in which you live. So let me give you a couple of ideas. Here's, here's the first challenge I want to give you as you go into your week this week. Look for somewhere to serve. If you really are going to make room in your life for mission, if you really are going to say, okay, I want this to be a priority in my life. I don't want to be something that I just squeeze into the end of the week if I've got time. I want to say, no, I'm going to make it a priority. Then look for somewhere to serve, a place where there is no paycheck, no duty, just a desire to want to get involved, to help make a difference. So where is that? Well, there's so many places around. Maybe this morning you're a, a breast cancer survivor or one of your family members is, and and something like Race for the Cure is something you can say, hey, I want to get involved in that, because that's made a difference in my life. So I'm going to give back outside of my, that's going to be part of my mission, and I'm going to see how this year I can do that. Maybe it's something like Easter Seals. You know a family member or a friend with a disability, and uh, that's a great organization you could get involved with there and help and serve, and and there are so many different others, and, and maybe there's something you're passionate about. But if you're sat here this morning, you're thinking, well, Dave, nothing springs to mind. I do want to kind of serve. I'd like this idea of mission. But those two you just shared, they they didn't really kind of um, ring a bell. So I'm not really sure what. Well, find somewhere local, find somewhere that you're involved in that you could be on mission in. Maybe it's somewhere local. Maybe it's somewhere that you're already a part of. Maybe it's a place that exists to make a difference in the lives of people that pours time and energy and love into children, that impacts the community. It might just serve coffee and donuts every Sunday morning. If only there was a place like that somewhere around here that you could connect with. Oh, I know. Here. (laughs) Connect Church. I hadn't even thought of that. So, Connect Church. You know, this is a great place you could be on mission. 
You know, as I read that story of Jesus talking to the crowds, I couldn't help but think about some similarities there. That as a church, you know, as we've kind of grown over the last few months, there is a danger that people are coming and they're enjoying this hour or so on a Sunday morning. But, you know, from time to time, I'm going to say, hey, listen, Jesus said it was more than just that. There was a, there was a cost. There was an, an idea of being on mission. Now, don't get me wrong. You are so welcome here every Sunday. And please come and, and enjoy the service. And, but I'm always going to be challenging you that there's more. There's more to being a Christ follower. You can experience more of him in your life. And one of those ways is serving. Not just being here, but actually serving outside of that. And there are many here who call Connect Church their home who do that on a regular basis. In fact, some of you, you arrived this morning, maybe 9.45, 9.50. Maybe you planned on being here at 9.45 and you arrived here at 10.03. That's okay. You're here. We're glad you're here. So, um, but you may not have realized that the school doesn't look like this every week. Okay, this is a little different than the average day at the school. There are some people who had been here for several hours before you got here. And you may wonder what those people do when they arrive here at 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning. So this morning we want to give you just a little glimpse of what goes into Connect Church every single Sunday. So check out this video. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Some mornings I wish it really did go that fast. <laughs> and some of you are there watching and thinking, sometimes I wish the talking part would go that fast as well. But um, we have such a great group already. Some amazing people who come in each week. And uh, you wouldn't even know who they were by that video because they were moving so fast that you wouldn't even recognize who they were. But they come in and they set up. And maybe you're here this morning, you're new, you're visiting, you're like, Dave, that's a lot of work each week. Is it really worth it? Absolutely. It really is, because as I'm looking out, I know the stories of some of the faces that I see here this morning. I really believe that Jesus can make a difference in our lives. I really believe that he can um, mend a broken heart, mend broken relationships, change who we are as people, help us into a better life. And, And if that just happened to one of you here this morning, I guarantee you every person that you saw in that video that did all that work would say, it was worth it. To just help that one person grow a little closer in their relationship with Jesus. So we do that every morning. And here's the crazy thing. And here's why I want to show you that video on this particular week. Because I'm here with a lot of those people. And I never once sense any of them here out of a sense of duty. I never sense one of them here like, ah, set the chairs out again. Can we just let them sit on the floor this week? Come on. Save us like 10 minutes. (laughs) Get beanbags or something. This is their mission. These are guys who, some of them may be getting up earlier than they get up to get to their regular jobs. And they're coming in on a Sunday morning, and, and we do have better donuts for them. There's uh, the exclusive donuts for the people that set up on a Sunday morning. They're coming in, and they're doing this, because they're like, that's how I want to serve. That's my mission. They've made, made it a large rock in their lives, because they know that in this environment, God is then able to move and change people's lives. So... Whatever it may be this morning, you, you may think, well, I, I'm not sure if I can set up, but I like children. You know, there's so many areas here at Connect that you could serve. And if you've been challenged this morning, as I've been talking about this large rock of mission, then, then we have opportunities here at Connect for you to discover that mission. And don't get me wrong, there's opportunities outside as well. I talked about some of those great areas and others where you can serve outside. But, man, if you're looking to make that a big rock, we, we have opportunities for you here. There's a table at the back there, and as you leave, there's different opportunities that tells you about different areas that you can serve here at Connect. But let me give you a second challenge here this morning. Because the first was really just for anyone who has a desire to serve. But this second one might be a little bit more specific. Because some of you may not realize this, but that gift that God's given you, that you already see at work in your life, 
He may be wanting to use that for something else. You see, I know looking out here this morning, we've got some successful business owners. And you're sitting there saying, you know, I've been blessed by God. I see this, this prosperous business that I'm a part of. How can I use that to bless others? Maybe you're here this morning and you're fortunate enough to be wise with money. You've lived within your means. You're good at budgeting. Did you know there are people that struggle every day with their finances? It's a major concern for them and their family. It's a drain upon their emotional strength. And yet you may be able to give your time and wisdom away. Maybe you've got a strong marriage and you could find someone with a weak marriage and help them. See, I don't think we have to wait for those needs to arise and then say, okay, well, I've I've heard about this person who may need, I can help that person because of how God's gifted me. It actually has to happen the other way around. I think it's a case of us saying, hey, God, I recognize this strength in my life that you've given me. And I've been able to build a successful business. I've been able to um, have a very strong marriage. I recognize that as a gift you've given me, God. I'm going to choose to make that a large rock now. I'm going to make that part of my mission to to not just um, bless me and my family, but to serve others as well. And when you make that decision, I really believe this to be true. When you make that decision, you're going to start to see needs come up around you. Some of us, I think, we think, well, I'll wait for the needs, then I'll respond. Very often, God doesn't work that way. It's us making the decision, and then suddenly the needs present themselves. So it's that way of saying, God, I'm going to make room for mission in my life. You know, I want to close out with this one last thought here this morning, and we're going to sing some more here at the end, but... We use some, some metrics here at Connect just to kind of keep um, an idea of how things are working as a church. So we keep an idea of how many children are out in the, the kids' area every week, you know, so we can keep an idea of how many volunteers we need and how large the rooms need to be for those things. We, we count how many people are here every Sunday so we can track how many people are coming. And if people are missing, we can do our very best to look out for them and let them know we miss them if they've not been in a while. So those are certain things that we can track quite easily. Um, We've got a baptismal service coming up, as Michael shared earlier, on the 23rd of February. And uh, here at Connect Church, our belief is uh, what's called immersion, full immersion baptism, where we'll have a tank of water up here on the stage and anyone wishing to be baptized will put you right under. And we'll bring you right back up again. We don't hold you down there too long. We'll bring you right back up again. But the reason we believe in that is because we believe that's just a, a believer's way, a follower of Christ's way of saying, listen, the old me is gone. The new me has come. This is an outwards demonstration of an inwards change. And we'll keep track this year of baptisms because for us, that's a really good marker to know this person is really, you know, maybe, maybe this is somebody who started coming to Connect and they weren't a Christ follower and then they decided they wanted to follow Jesus and now they're getting baptized. We can track that number. That's great. But the one thing that we can't really track numerically is, is when people get a, um, an idea of wanting to do mission. I want to uh, make a difference in the world in which I live. That's more of a, a, a philosophical change. You can't really track that numerically. So what we've decided here at Connect is rather than try and count that, we're just going to try and tell stories as often as possible. So when we hear of someone here at Connect who, who has really made this a large rock in their life, who's really said, I want mission to be a large rock in my life. I want to be able to serve outside of just my regular day in, day out. I want to give back somehow. And it might be here in Connect. It might be in the community. It might be somewhere else. But we're going to try and tell those stories as often as possible. And I'll just warn you now that as, as will happen this morning with the story I'm about to tell, most of the time the people won't even know I'm about to tell their story. And I'm about to tell this guy's story right now, just to close out this morning. Because it's a great story. So we're a new church, as you know. Um, so to say that this man and his family were new to the church would be kind of silly because you're all new to the church. But he was uh, one of the early uh, families that came along. He and his family were in the Thanksgiving parade. 
And uh, this guy, he's, uh, he's become a friend of mine over the last few months. His name's Dan. And uh, he's probably realized now that I'm kind of going to start talking about him here. So Dan, okay, is a great guy. So, and, and here's why Dan's story fits so great with what I'm sharing on this morning. Because you see, Dan by trade is an electrician. Okay, so for many years he's been an electrician, and now for the last few years he's actually become an electrical engineer. But you could say when it comes to Dan, electricity is his passion. Okay, this is just something, I'm saying that maybe it's not, but it's, he's good at it. Okay, God's kind of gifted him in that area. So, so while you're here um, on a Sunday morning, you know, listening to things and um, listening to me speak and looking at the stage and the screens, you know, Dan with his electrical mind, he's looking at some of the, the speakers and the screens and the lights. Because Dan, it turns out, that, that electrical uh, excitement of his, he, he, he he loves lights, okay? And I, I know this to be true because every Christmas, he wants to make sure that everyone in his neighborhood knows just how much he likes lights and electricity. So Dan uh, and his neighbor, they, they decorate their whole house. Now, some of you might be wondering who Dan is and you haven't seen him, so I'm going to pull up this picture of Dan. Let's go back a picture. That's, that's the other one. The first picture I want to show you of Dan. There he is. That's Dan. So... Um... <laughs> That is Dan, okay? I, when I met him and, and saw his house, I realized, yep, yeah, that's who I picture. But the next picture is a, a slightly more recent picture of Dan and his family in front of their beautiful Christmas house there and their lights. Now, I wanted to tell Dan's story. There's another picture you can pull up here that just shows Dan and his daughter there, a kind of a close-up. So the reason I wanted to talk about him this morning is because very early on, you know, his passion for these lights around the house, he says, hey, I see you've got these lights here. I'd love to, to come and be involved and help out. And we're like, absolutely, that's something you enjoy doing. Well, so he is just like here every week. He's working with these lights. He's helping create this wonderful environment in which we find ourselves. And, and even Dan's learning some new things. But here's the great thing. I got talking to him a couple of weeks ago, and he was telling me about this. And early in the beginning of the year, it was back in the first service of the year, we had really bad weather. We had to cancel church. Well, I had to see Dan and Michelle later in the week, and they were pretty mad with me. They were like, Dave, we were pretty upset. We were looking forward to being there. <laughs> then I got talking to Dan, and he says, you know, Dave, I come in each week at sun, uh, 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning, and there used to be a time where I'd set my alarm so I'd make sure I was up on time. I don't even set my alarm now. Sunday mornings, I just wake up. I just can't wait to get there and, and get this. And I love Dan's heart because it really does show that this is someone who's taken an area of his life and said, I want that to be a large rock. This is a place that I can serve. This is a place where I can make a difference. And I look forward to telling so many more stories in the months and the years to come of people who have said, Dave, I, I know that God's blessed me in the career that I'm in. I know that I've got a wonderful family. I'm making room for them. I'm making room for God in my life. But, you know, I remember that time where I decided to make room for mission, where I said, you know, there's something in my life I could do over and above. There's something I could do to make a difference. And up till now, this, it's kind of been like a small rock. It's been something I've squirted at here and there, like a little squirt gun, just trying to make a bit of a difference. But I've made this, this decision that I feel compelled to do more. And I'm looking forward to being able to tell more stories of people who said, you know, I remember when I signed up to get involved in that. Who ever knew that one day I'd be doing what I'm doing now when I just signed up that very first time to help in that area or to get involved in that charity outside, to get involved in this. And I can see now how I used to be just kind of squirt, squirt. But now it's like I've got this fire hose and what I'm doing really makes a difference and really counts. So as we look through each week, I, you know what? The truth is, every one of our jars is full. And I feel bad sometimes because each week as I'm talking about a new rock, I feel like we're like, oh yeah, that's a good one. I'm going to add that one and that one. And before you know it, I've created all these huge extra rocks. You're like, how am I ever going to fit all those in? But I'm hoping that over the, the six weeks of this series, one or two of them in particular will really strike a chord with you. And you'll say, that's something that I really want to make room for 
in my life. And maybe this week, God has been speaking to some of you with the idea of making room for mission. And you would say, yeah, I want to I wanna do more outside, over and above, to serve and to make this world a better place. Let's pray together. Father, as I just said, you know, our, our jars are full. It's not like we're, we're, we've got lots of extra room and this is a good series to talk about because we were wondering what other large rocks we could fit into that, all that extra room we have. We, we're all busy, Lord. But every one of us, if we could, we would probably change some things in our life, make some things priorities that weren't before. We'll find that that busyness of running the kids to school, getting them to practice, getting the housework done, getting to work, getting the emails responded, that's still going to get done. But by making these things a priority and saying, no, I want that to go in the jar first, it'll change the way we live our lives. It'll enhance our lives. For some of us, we'll fulfill our lives knowing that before we used to be like somebody with a squirt gun and we knew it wasn't really making a difference, but we felt like we had to do something. And now suddenly by making this a priority, it's like a fire hose and we can see the difference that we're able to make in the lives of others because you've given us this gift and we're sharing that gift. So, Lord, as we make room for mission, Speak to these folks this morning. Show them areas in their life where they can uh, be involved, where they can serve for you. In Jesus' name, amen.